okay, I got to tell myself, I got this. This is easy. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be good. I can trust him because honestly, this is not even joking. My 300th take. So <sighs> deep breaths. <clears throat> La, 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 Hello, la, my friend, la, and welcome la, la, to this week's la, episode of la, Big Lash la, Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. Thank you for pressing play. I'm so excited to have you here today. Today's episode is going to be very special and a little sentimental. Now, before we get started, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this suitcase sitting beside me. It's totally full with all of my Tulum stuff. Don't tell anybody. And I got to ask you, when you get home from a trip, how long do you take to unpack? Because I feel like there's three kinds of people on this planet. There's the ones who do it the day they get home. Bless your heart. There's the ones who do it within a week or so. And then there's people like me who unpack because we need the suitcase emptied so we can go on another trip. (laughs) It's just not fun unpacking, right? Like when you're packing, there's all this promise and possibilities, you know, like I'll have my suitcase on my bed and all my clothes laying out and I'm sitting there. I just become this superhuman with all these crazy intentions and agendas. It's like, I'll be saying to myself, okay, I'm going away for five days. So I'm going to need well, 10 workout outfits because I'm going to work out twice a day, obviously. I should. Oh, I should probably pack a ball gown because you never know. Never know if you're going to meet a billionaire by the pool who's going to want to take you to a gala. Oh, and I'll pack three outfits for each day so that I'm ready no matter what the weather is for any kind of adventure. Perfect. We got this. Meanwhile, when I get home, I get this really harsh dose of reality where I realize uh, none of my workout outfits got touched. I got puke on my favorite sneakers somehow, and I only wore my two most comfortable outfits the entire time, but my whole suitcase still smells like mildew and needs to be washed anyways. What's the deal? I guess what I'm getting at is I still haven't unpacked for Tulum, but I'm about to go away on another trip. (laughs) As I'm recording this, I'm just a few days away from podcast movement. What is that? Well, it's a convention for podcasters. On the day this episode is being released, my sister and I are going to be in Las Vegas together learning, networking, basically trying to tell the whole world about Big Lash Energy. We gotta blow this shit up, you know? This was an opportunity we really didn't think we were gonna have, so we're making the most of it. This is extra awesome for me because I've been trying to get my sister to come to Las Vegas with me for ages, but she's a mom of two, so, um, you know, it's a little hard to get her away, but on this trip, I can say that we have to party in the name of business. It's time for her to take off her mommy slacks and put on her party pants. If you want, you could check out my Instagram stories at Big Lash Podcast, because you know I'm going to be posting our shenanigans there, and if you think of it, I would love it if you could ask the universe, say a prayer, send some good vibes, manifest, or whatever it is that you do to ask for it to be a success. Because this really does mean the world to us. We're all in. I'm not even joking. My sister has even bought vinyl so that she can cover her shoes so that they're orange to match our branding. Oh, bless her heart. The story of how we're able to go is a wild one. And I can't wait to share it with you when we come back. So stay tuned. Okay, enough of the housekeeping stuff. We need to get started on this week's episode. And first, we need to give a shout out to the ladies. It's International Women's Day. Woo! You can't see me, but I'm shaking my pom-poms for you right now. Seriously. I'm so blessed to have incredible women all around me, many of them listening to this podcast. But this week, I'm going into my past to tell you about one of the most influential women that I've had in my life. Someone whose words still affect what I think and do to this day. I can't wait till you hear this one because it's someone you would never expect. 
So tear that bra off, light that shit on fire, and let's roast the marshmallow while we listen, because today's episode is being served with an extra dose of estrogen. <laughs> Welcome to Big Lush Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Before I tell you about Sharon, I'd like to share with you a little something that happened this morning because it's a really great example of the way women show up in my life every day. And this is just, this literally just happened. So we're friends now. I can admit it, right? This week has been a struggle for me. I promised you in episode one that I would be real and here it goes. I know these episodes are polished, but that's because Tim makes them sound that way. Behind the scenes, it's very rarely cute. In fact, it's actually downright messy. The audio for this episode was due this morning, but while I was in the middle of writing what I'd been working on for this week, I realized that the episode was going to be released on International Women's Day, and I knew right away that I can't have a women's encouragement podcast and not say a tribute to women. So I crumpled that shit up, tossed it in the bin, Kobe, and went back to square one at midnight, the night before the episode was due. I felt so stressed out trying to narrow down what I wanted to say and having it written in time before I knew it, I pulled a Britney Spears and I'd torn out all my tape-in hair extensions. I'd like to say sorry in advance to my lovely hairstylist, Lisa. Honey, I'll do anything to get a spot with you ASAP. Needless to say, I woke up this morning with my head beside my laptop. I'd clearly fallen asleep in the middle of writing. My hair was in chunks all over the floor on the ground beside my bed. And I had this sinking feeling knowing that I still hadn't recorded the episode that was due last night. To make matters worse, I had a client coming over to my house in 45 minutes. If I had any other job, I probably would have called in sick. I wanted to give up on everything this morning. In other words, today didn't start off as a good day. Well, all of a sudden, my doorbell buzzed unexpectedly. Oh, hell no. She can't be here already. Did I have the timing wrong in the calendar? Was my client really this early? I had no makeup on. I hadn't brushed my teeth. My dogs hadn't gone outside yet. I needed to clean up after an all-nighter in my office. Shit. I picked up my phone and answered with hesitation. Hello? Hi, it's FedEx with a delivery for you. My heart rate went back to normal. A couple seconds later, I went to the door and found a tiny package lying on the ground addressed to Jaina and Carly. That's my sister. I opened it, and to my surprise, inside was a card that said, Jaina and Carly. There were two little sacks, and inside were two handmade bracelets made with evil eyes for protection. They were beautiful. The card said, Dearest Jaina and Carly, thank you so much for creating the mindset, the vibe, the BLE tribe. Know that your hard work and dedication to the process are truly admirable. You guys are impacting so many and empowering so many women. Thank you for being authentic and always keeping it real. You two are literally earth angels, literally. I hope you enjoy this gift made especially for you by one of my soul sisters. They're the same, same, but different. You choose. Kick some podcast ass in Las Vegas. Love your friend and BLE soul sister, Amy. Needless to say, her thoughtful gesture came at exactly the right moment. Her message and thoughtful gift gave my spirit new life at a time when it needed it badly. She couldn't have planned it any better if she tried. This is what I love about women. I don't even think I've met Amy before. She's just someone who follows me on Instagram. But here she was, reaching out 
offering encouragement for Las Vegas, being so caring, selfless, and uplifting. On top of that, with women, there's so much we can learn from each other. So I'm asking in today's episode, is there a woman in your life who's had a profound influence on you? I'll give you a second to think about it. Maybe a woman who's inspired you, someone who captures your attention with her words. There's something about her energy or life experience that just draws you in. You lean in when she speaks. For me, for me, that was a lady named Sharon. Today, I'd like to tell you all about a very unlikely friendship that I made when I was 23. I'll tell you the story of how we met and the lessons she taught me that I still carry with me to this day. In high school, I landed a job as a pharmacy delivery driver. I loved it. I'd go in, pick up a bucket of deliveries, and then I'd spend the day out on the road visiting pharmacies, doctor's offices, nursing homes, and private residences. Not gonna lie, sometimes I even pulled over to nap. <laughs> As I'm sure you could imagine, lots of the regular customers were elderly people, and most of the time, I was the only one that they would see regularly, so they started to treat me like family. I was never really in a rush, and the pharmacy wanted me to offer good customer service, so I'd find myself doing some of the strangest things for these people. I remember once I taught a couple with Alzheimer's how to use a microwave bacon cooker that they bought on an infomercial. Then when I went back the next week, I had to teach them again. (laughs) I laid out outfits for an elderly man whose wife had passed away. And I spent an afternoon trying to find a lady's contact lens that she swore she dropped somewhere under the couch, but we never found it. Every day was completely different. In my delivery truck, I only had a cassette player. I thought that I could multitask by learning Spanish while I drove around, so I bought a cassette tape that was learned to speak Spanish, and I played it constantly while I drove. Those things are so funny because they only teach you the really basic, super touristy sentences, and since it was the only thing I had to listen to besides the radio, I had that thing memorized. I'll never forget this one time I pulled up to a man's house. He was out in the yard doing some gardening, and when I opened the door, it happened to be at exactly the moment that my Learn to Speak Spanish tape said, Now to say, I have diarrhea. Tengo diarrhea. (laughs) I said it just like that. Tengo diarrhea. It was almost sexy, but it definitely wasn't. He stood up, looked super confused, and I said, no, 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 that wasn't me. I'm learning to speak Spanish. He goes, all right, sure you are. (laughs) Well, Sharon was one of my regulars. She had MS and had lost almost all of her mobility. I think she was paralyzed from the neck down, but she could move her fingers just enough to push the joystick that would move her motorized chair. I visited her basement suite most nights because she always needed something, whether it was gauze or alcohol, catheters, diapers, meds. And every time I would stop there, I would chat with her and whichever Carrie happened to be visiting with her at that moment. It was like she'd saved up something silly to say to me all day so that my visit would be longer. And I didn't mind at all. At the end of the night, the last three deliveries were always to our regular nursing homes. I'd take them blister packs of pills that they needed for their patients and their new admittance. And honestly, for how many pills I delivered for some of these people, it's a wonder they didn't rattle when they walked. Whenever I went there, I'd pass by people's rooms, see the work that the care aides were doing and think, man, I could never do that. Those people were seriously doing God's work. Between the poop and the baths and the trying to be patient with people who have dementia and other illnesses... I just really didn't think I could ever have the patience or the stomach for it. So while I'm on the topic, shout out to all the care aides, nurses, hospital staff. You don't get nearly enough appreciation for what you do. Where was I? All right, Sharon. So one afternoon, 
after my deliveries, I went to make a stop at her house. When I got there, she had a really serious look on her face. She said, Jaina, I have something important to ask you. Can you please sit down? I found a spot on her couch and I wondered what in the world it could be. She moved her chair back and forth a few times until she was right in front of me, facing eye to eye. She said, one of my carries quit today. I thought a lot about it and I absolutely love the time we spend together. Could I train you to replace her? My head was spinning. I had just graduated high school at this point. I knew absolutely nothing about being a carried except that it got messy. Every bone in my body wanted to say no, but I cared about her and I did enjoy our visit. So I said, I'd love to, Sharon. And that was that. What she needed was for someone to be the last visit of the night to spend about three hours getting her ready for bed, organizing her house, feeding her pets, cleaning her up. Then I'd use the lift to carefully get her out of the chair up into her bed and into the position that she was going to spend for the night because no matter how I left her, that's how she was going to stay until the next carry got there. The only way she'd move is if she had a muscle spasm and there was no way to control that. So we'd have to do is put foam kind of all around her legs and towels so that she would always remain in the bed. If the technical stuff wasn't enough, everything in her home had a rule behind it because she had carrots coming in all the time and she needed to know where her things were so that everything was very routine. Her towels had to be folded very specifically. Each item had to always be back in its exact rightful spot. It was a lot. It was a lot to learn, but I was up for the challenge. She had an interesting way of looking at life. For example, Every time I got to her place, I was dealing with however the other carriers had taken care of her throughout the day. Unfortunately, sometimes someone might have canceled on her in the afternoon, and that meant that she would have been sitting in her mess until I arrived. The first time it happened, I was panicking on the inside. This was the part I was afraid of. I'd never dealt with an adult's poop before. I put her on the lift, laid her down on the bed, undressed her, and tried so hard not to cringe or react when the smell hit my nostrils. She knew that it was new to me, so she interrupted the pity party I was having for myself, and she said, If you think it sucks for you to have to clean me up, imagine what it's like to have to sit in it all day. Man, she was absolutely right. I got to walk away from it at the end of the night, and she didn't. That's something that really stuck with me. I never once felt sorry for myself ever again. I put her to bed five nights a week for three years. Three years. It's safe to say we knew everything about each other at that point. The thing about Sharon was she didn't know my family. There was no ties. I didn't really know her family either. So we could tell each other anything. And at a time when I'd never had a counselor for all the crazy things I'd been through as a little girl, Sharon was the first one to know everything about me. During that time, I got married to my first husband. And there were many times I'd show up to her home with tear-soaked cheeks. And she gave me a reason to smile. There were times when I had two other jobs and I was going to university too, but I always made time to put her to bed at some point in the evening. I remember my ex saying, It's weird. The work you're doing must be hard, but you always come home so happy. It happened. I'd become best friends with a 60-something-year-old woman. In our time together, I'd say there are three lessons that she taught me that stand out the most. The first one was, don't wait for a sickness to slow you down. It's haunted me since the very first time she said it. So the thing about Sharon is, before she got sick, she was overworked and stressed trying to raise her kids. She was the manager of a department store trying to climb the corporate ladder, determined to be successful with absolutely no work-life balance. So she always told me that God gave her MS 
because it was the only way he could get her to sit her ass down. Every time I'm feeling overworked or I'm pushing myself too hard, I think of her. Secondly, she taught me that my clients don't work for me. In one of our late night conversations, I told Sharon of one of my dreams of wanting to be a hair and makeup artist. She told me that she was having family photos taken so that if I wanted practice, I could make over her, her daughter, and her daughter-in-law. I agreed, excited for the chance to get some practice, but I had to buy the makeup so that I could do it. So essentially, it cost me a ton of money to do their makeup that day, but I didn't care. And of course, I wasn't charging them either. At some point, I was going to do her daughter's hair and I asked if she could hold some bobby pins and Sharon piped up. She interrupted me and she said, absolutely not. One day, that's going to be your client who's paying top dollar for your services. She should be relaxing, not working for you. You You never never ask your client to hold a pin or a comb. If I've ever gone to your home to do your hair and makeup and you offered to carry my gear up the stairs, I'm sure you've heard me say, thank you for asking, but you don't work for me. I work for you. That is Sharon speaking. Lastly, she taught me, even the queen poops. What did she mean by that? Well, she wanted me to know that no one on this planet is better than anyone else. There's no reason to feel intimidated or less than anyone because we all have the same butthole and nobody's shit smells like roses. The queen poops too. Those are her words exactly. (laughs) Sharon was so supportive of my makeup career that I looked into makeup schools online. I found one, but going there would mean that I'd have to drop out of university and possibly move to Vancouver. I didn't want to go without her blessing, so one night, as I put her to bed, I brought it up. I said, hey Sharon, I found a makeup school. Oh, that's nice. I said I might apply there, but it's in Vancouver. Oh, you'd love Vancouver. Yeah, but I don't want to move if you need me. She said, Jaina. You're young, and you have to follow all your dreams. Don't worry about me. I think you're going to be the best makeup artist ever. Her blessing was bittersweet. I got approved to the school, so my ex and I sold the home that we'd bought, and we moved to the big city. I called Sharon a few times to give her updates, and it was so nice to hear her voice. I missed her. Then, one day, her daughter reached out to me. She called and said, My mom's in the hospital. I said, What? She said, If you hadn't left, this would have never happened. I said, What? I had no idea what she was talking about. She didn't get along with the carried who replaced you. They got into an argument and she pushed my mom out of her chair and left her lying on the ground for hours. This was horrible. I felt like I'd let her down. Both of her legs were broken and because of it, Sharon lost her house, her pets, and life as she knew it. She had to live in the hospital. She was on pain and telling everybody that she was ready to go. I knew that I had to go see her. The first chance I got, I went back to Kelowna to visit her. There she was, bruised and lying in a hospital bed. I hated seeing her like that. And especially feeling like if I was still there, this would have never happened. She made some jokes to try and laugh off the situation, but I could tell she was weak. I'd brought her some chocolate-dipped strawberries, and we enjoyed them as she asked all about my new life in Vancouver. When it was time to go, I hugged her goodbye, and it pained me to leave. A few weeks later, as I was taking the SkyTrain home from work, I checked my messages and saw that Sharon's daughter had reached out to me. She let me know that her mom had passed away. She said that the photos they took the day that I did her hair and makeup were the ones they were going to use for her funeral brochures. Sharon meant so much to me. There are things I learned from her that affect me to this very day. 
She wasn't rich or hugely successful. She wasn't on TV. She never wrote any books and she never got any credit. But that woman in a motorized wheelchair living in a basement suite was a hero to me. She was strong, so strong, smart, funny. She truly did find beauty in life's messiest moments. And you know what? <laughs> now that I think of it, I'm, and I'm only going to say this because I know she would love to hear it said this way, but that bitch had some serious big lash energy. Oh. Oh, this lump in my throat won't go away. Never in a million years would I have guessed that I'd benefit so much from taking a job I was sure I would hate. It was such a humbling experience. And when I look back at Sharon's life, the thing that sticks out the most, the one thing that's always haunted me, was that between how hard she worked trying to be successful in her career, trying to climb the corporate ladder, and how much she cared about being a mother, she believed that losing all of her ability to move was a blessing because she needed a break. A break from everything she felt she was supposed to do as a woman. In this life, it feels like we can be everything and it's still not enough. We can be dedicated through our whole 20s trying to build a career like our family wants us to. But then we're supposed to walk away at any second to have kids. And once we do, people ask us, but don't you care about your career? Or there's women like me who've obsessed over my career and people ask, but don't you want a family? I've learned three languages, traveled the world, taught myself how to market a business, train a team, grow my following, start a podcast, mentor the kids in my neighborhood, master hair and makeup. I've got my diploma in nutrition and still people ask me, you don't know how to cook? If a man was successful and he said he didn't cook, no one would say a thing. No, I haven't learned how to make the perfect lasagna from scratch. I've been too busy trying to save the world. If you know how to make a bomb lasagna, that's amazing. I'm not saying any one is better than the other. I'm just saying it's impossible to be good at everything. We're all doing too much and it's hard as fuck. I don't want to be thankful I'm in a wheelchair so that I can take a break from it all. You're supposed to be strong, but not intimidating. Smart, but not more than your man. Successful, but humble. Attractive, but don't use your looks to get ahead. Create life inside of your body, but please don't stay fat. Be a good mom, but help out with the family's finances. Work, stay fit, raise good humans, and make sure you have energy at the end of the day to still be fun in bed. It's all so much. But the bright side is we have each other. It's our shared experience. You and I both know how hard it can be to be a woman. So that's why we aren't competition. We're a team. And we need to stay lifting up each other. That's why it's important to send the message. You know, like Amy sent those bracelets in the mail at exactly the right time. To reach out and say, hey, you're doing such a good job as a mom. Or to see a woman at a gym and say, man, you're working hard. You look so great. 
It doesn't cost a penny to be polite or to lift somebody else up, but we all need it so bad. Keep your eyes peeled for the Sharons of this world. There are inspiring women in all sorts of unexpected places. There might even be one living in your home. Have you had a cool heart-to-heart talk with your grandma? Have you tried talking to her like she's the same age as you? Because she has stories I'm sure you would love to hear. You just have to start the conversation. More importantly, I know it's hard being a woman, doing all the things. So please don't wait for sickness to slow you down. Take a break. Get a massage or something. Ask for help once in a while, would you? Because you deserve it. Okay, I've still got this disaster of a suitcase staring at me and I need to get ready for Las Vegas. If you'd like to join my sister and I for the fun, please make sure you check out our Instagram stories. We're going to be posting all our adventures there as we try to spread this big lash energy and grow grow this this tribe. tribe. We'd absolutely love your encouragement. And come on, I'm sure you want to see what my sister looks like in her party pants. (laughs) Again, thank you to Amy for the bracelets. We're definitely going to be packing them. And to anyone else who's ever taken the time to send feedback, leave a review, or share this show with a friend, I appreciate you. And actually, my sister does too. (laughs) If there's a woman in your life who inspires you, let her know. I'm not going to ask you this week to share or comment or write a review because let's be honest, ladies, you've got enough on your plate. (laughs) Next week, I'm going to be answering some of your love and sex questions. So listen in to hear some of my completely unprofessional and possibly quite terrible advice. (laughs) Now, please go be your most fabulous self. You're doing a great job at it. And don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Happy International Women's Day.
the plan Yeah, there's no time to waste Would you make me up? Could you make me up right now?